0: welcome to ignited goddess with christine duraki over the next hour you will learn about the connection of mind body and spirit now here is
1: christine welcome to the ignited goddess show i am your host christine duraki i am an ayurvedic health practitioner a yoga instructor and i have been in the beauty industry for over 30 years On the show, we'll talk about health, wellness, and beauty in the mind, body, and spirit. Today, my guest is Dr. Ellen Whalen. Ellen is a licensed psychologist in both New Jersey and New York. She has worked as a psychologist treating individuals with anxiety, depression, PTSD, and adjustment disorders, amongst others. Welcome, Dr. Ellen. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, how are you today? I'm good on this snowy, snowy day.
2: Yeah, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. I'd love for you to give us a little bit more of an introduction and tell us a little bit about you. Well,
3: I am a practicing psychologist, and um, I have been in this field for many, many years. But prior to that, I also worked as a counselor in the school district, um, which I found really rewarding. But, you know, over time, I really decided I preferred making bigger impact. And I could do that by working with adults, right? The parents potentially of the children or teachers that were trying to help all these children. So I eventually went back to school and got my doctorate. Um, I went to a university that really focused on social justice issues as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Their program was really interesting to me because it was looking at therapy in a little bit of a different way in that rather than pathologizing people, really trying to figure out what is going on. Are there social justice issues? Are there environmental issues that are causing the person to be depressed or upset, right? Mm -hmm. So when we start to look at things that way, it's, it's more likely to help somebody both internally, but maybe also systemically in their environment. Maybe they really need to think a little bit about you know, where they're working or who they're surrounding themselves with. So I found that really appealing.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that it's, um, that you've had the experience with children and adults though, because there's that, that dynamic that happens between the parents that is, um, that sometimes you, you can't, explain what to do if you have not experienced it yourself. And working with both of them, you know, I'm sure is is so beneficial to everybody involved. Yes.
3: And in fact, it, you know, I think one of the motivating factors for me going back to school and um, obtaining my doctorate was because, you know, yes, it was great to get the child when they were five years old, right? And mm-hmm. I'd have them for, you know, five years. But I was starting to see that the problem began long before then, right? Mm -hmm. So I got very intrigued about that and how I might be able to service the community by getting to the parent before they even have the baby. And in fact, one of the populations that I find the most rewarding is working with women that have trauma and Mm -hmm. helping them to heal that prior to them becoming a mother so that they don't pass on some of those issues to their unborn children, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So what made you want to go to school for this in the first place? Was there something like that (laughs) happened to yourself or... Yes. As you know, as we get older, life is this beautiful
3: unfolding. It's this Mm -hmm. journey of really starting to take a look at our life and make meaning of it, right? Mm -hmm. So I did sort of realize as the older I got that I had had some some trouble in my childhood and that I was in a family that was indeed not healthy. Mm -hmm. So um, in my own journey to heal myself, Um, and then adding to that, my own spirituality, my belief systems, um, I feel as though since I was healed, it was the right thing to do to kind of be the light and to shine the light in the darkness for others and Mm -hmm. to help them heal as well. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's, it is, it's such a, it's a really rewarding career for me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we can't really teach unless we have experienced it we can't mm-hmm. teach something or educate somebody if we ourselves haven't experienced it if we read it in a book okay sure we can know it mm-hmm. but there's something that happens when we experience it then there's something we can give somebody and um this is a this is a very touchy kind of topic so you know, maybe there'll be something that triggers you Mm. in this episode. So just be aware because we all have trauma.
3: Yeah. Trigger warning for everybody listening, right? Right. So
1: um, we all have experienced some sort of trauma. We can't say um, when it happened or why it happened, but I think everything can be considered a trauma at some, Mm -hmm. at some point. Right. Sure. Sure. And, you know, it's kind of
3: interesting that we're doing this podcast, you know, that we've come back into each other's lives in this, you know, in this way, because you might remember, even we went on a vacation when we were young girls and we went to, um, I think it was Miami, somewhere Mm -hmm. in Florida. And there was that horrible hurricane. And remember, Mm -hmm. we were scared. We were terrified. And I remember in the morning you me and the other friend woke up to the phone this was before cell phones so the phone in the hotel was blinking and we had two messages mm-hmm. one from your family and mm-hmm. one from her family none mm-hmm. from my family right so like you and I didn't know yet that I has had this sort of dysfunctional upbringing but that was the clue but mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't know yet right so it's just mm-hmm. kind of interesting that you know you were part of that too
1: yeah. You know, I it was it's so strange that you're actually bringing it up because I just told that story yesterday when I was working at the salon. And I, I'm not kidding. Like, I can't believe that you're bringing that up. Wow. It's so crazy that, because I was telling her that, you know, we got kicked out of Key West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were out and they were like, leave now. <laughs> and we got back to the hotel the next morning we woke up and there were trees down everywhere. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my mother was a, a you know, a mess. Yes. But we didn't have cell phones then. Right. Right. Um, but you yes. had that healthy connection your family, someone knew
3: and looked for you and to make sure mm-hmm. you were okay,
1: right? And yes, and at that point I did not know that. And I was we were, I was young then. I didn't sure. even like think about it in that regard, mm-hmm. you know. And and now you know I can say that 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 breaks my heart like that mm-hmm. I didn't you know know that um, yeah so I'm very sorry and thank oh, you for sharing it's, that it's all
3: good now it's I know very I know. good now yeah yeah as you can I see know. I'm smiling so <laughs> yes it's but mm-hmm. you know it's our life experiences that make us who we are. Yeah. And, you know, I think you brought up another interesting point because, yes, I am trained. I'm highly trained. Um, I take my professional, you know, career very seriously, um, I think, because, again, you know, I'm helping humans. Yeah, <laughs> it's not you know, if you make a mistake, it's it can really feel quite horrible and, and and upsetting. So I try my best not to, right? So there's all this training and that's so valuable and it's so important. But the first thing I always say to my patients is, I'm a human before I'm a psychologist, and Mm -hmm. I will bring with me all of my human experiences. And of course, I have to do my best not to let my biases come up or to maybe even overly relate to a patient because they have similar trauma, right? So I have to be really careful with it. But you're absolutely right. The human element and the relationship is one of the most healing things, I think, in a therapeutic
1: alliance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because somebody feels like they're being heard, Mm-hmm. and maybe they never were. Yes. And they have that support, and, and we we need that as humans. I mean, yes. you can say, I can do life alone. Well, I'm sorry. I call BS on that. <laughs> <laughs> we all need our tribe, you know. Yes. Even if yes. it's just one person.
3: That's right. Absolutely. So The important. research shows that, you know, even, even, believe it or not, perceived social support So even someone that maybe doesn't have as many friends or somebody that really has their back, if they perceive that they do, they fare better in the world.
1: Mm, That's Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. So you're saying that if somebody perceives that they have more friends than they actually do, Mm -hmm. they do better in life than somebody that has one person or... No, somebody that has nobody. Nobody, but okay. I, yeah, but what I mean by that
3: is this is where that internet can come in that can be really good, right? We have some people that really, maybe they have a lot of social anxiety. Maybe Mm -hmm. they're neurodivergent. Maybe friendships and relationships are challenging, but they might have an online friend in Australia Mm. and they can talk to them. So they really perceive that they have this person that's got their back and that in itself can make them
1: feel safer and better in the world. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, Okay. So I did want to talk about when I first started practicing yoga and I would come to my mat and I would cry like after yoga, sometimes during my practice and my teacher at the time was like, it's okay. It's okay. Things are just breaking wide open. So um, just stick with it, just stick with it. So I wanted to talk about the reasons why you, why that could happen to somebody. Um, And have you like experienced that yourself or anybody else, like any of your patients? And we're going to take a short break. So, and this is going to be a little bit bigger of a topic. So I'd like to, you know, come back to that but start to think about what what that could be sure absolutely okay so we'll take a short break and we'll be right back
4: enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Resiliency Within can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
0: Welcome back to Ignited Goddess with Christine Doraki Have a question for Christine or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We are here with Dr.
1: Ellen Whalen. Before we get back with chatting with her, let's take our Ignited Awareness pause. So if you are not driving, go ahead and close your eyes. You can take your middle finger and just start tapping on the center of your forehead. And start to notice your breath. Breathe a little deeper. And then exhale a little bit more. Maybe you count your breath for the count of four, inhaling and exhaling for the count of four. Noticing what's going on in your body. And you can open your eyes and just notice anything that happens is happening now in this present moment in your body. Maybe this is the first time that you took that moment, but you can do this check-in all the time. And if you were driving, you can come back and just take the ignited awareness pause. And now back with Dr. Ellen. So we were talking about um, when you're on your yoga mat, you are just more present. Mm -hmm. And when I first started yoga, I would cry. Sometimes it would be during the practice. Sometimes it would be after. Um, What, From your point of view, what what could that, like, what do you think that was?
3: It's so interesting because it made me immediately think about you, you know, Mm. and I want to know when did you, what brought you to yoga? Do you remember what part of your life that was?
1: Yeah, I actually was in a lot of physical pain. I I got wow. to the point that I I couldn't walk. Um, they told me I needed two knee replacements. Wow! And at that point, I, you know, I was teaching a lot of exercise classes. I couldn't teach anymore. Mm-hmm. I was running a lot, um, and I just kind of it kind of was like, you're not mm-hmm. doing that anymore, right? But, right? Yeah, because yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, it's okay. But I wanted to stay active, so yes. Um, I decided to to try yoga hmm. And that was how, what brought me to yoga.
3: Right. So it's interesting because, yes, as I remember, you know, your young self, right? We have all these parts of ourselves within us still or in our child or in our teen or young adult. I remember you as like this hardcore, you know exercise person. Like even when I would drag you away to the beach for, you know, the weekend or whatever, it was like, we were going to walk and we're going to walk fast. And Mm -hmm. um, I had to do my best to keep up with you. So, you know, not to get too, you know, into, you know, you know, therapy or analyzing you, but, you know, (laughs) which could be another whole episode. (laughs) You know, tears can be many things. It can be anxiety. It can be stored up trauma in the body, right? Um, And it can also be hormonal imbalances when crying happens Mm. and it feels unprovoked. But most importantly, I think it's really those, a lot of the times when we have something that's sort of in the body, it might mean that even you experienced some things before you were verbal, when you were pre-verbal, right? Mm. Lots of times when we talk about trauma, you know, or traumatic incidents or perceived trauma, if it happens to you when you're between, you know, baby and three years old, you're not going to be able to talk much about it or explain it, but your mm-hmm. body... Holds those memories. So that could be one way of kind of looking at this. Another mm-hmm. to me might be, I wonder if you, a lot of feelings were coming up for you. Maybe you felt like you were a failure somehow because now you're mm-hmm. just doing yoga instead of step classes. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that comes up for me is, you know, potentially maybe you were feeling um, some sort of sadness that you had You in some ways had abused your body for many years or your relationship Mm. with your body was hard, go, 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 sweat, sweat, sweat. And so facing yourself on a yoga mat, right, is so different than running or sweating and and going hardcore. You know, yoga is this opportunity to really explore physical postures um, with the context of mindfulness, conscious breathing, somatic awareness. It's very different than, you know, that other type of exercise. Exercise. right And um, it's a time to cultivate self-compassion too. So I just wonder if a lot of emotion flooded up because you really hadn't been compassionate with your body up until that moment.
1: You're right. No, absolutely. I was so like, I felt like um, everything I did was just always pushing more, like, you know, yelling and um, Mm -hmm. which was all fun. I loved all of that aspect of it, but there was no feeling part of Mm it except for pain. Right. Uh, So there was so much more softness and just allowing things to be. And I think that that was what, it just felt so much more loving and kind. Mm -hmm. And I think that was what, was the thing that just broke open in me? I mean, uh, I, I mean, yeah. I I did not used to before before I started teaching mm-hmm. um, any of the exercise classes or running or doing any physical fitness. I didn't do anything like in high school. So funny, like I'm just thinking about this. Yes. I wouldn't even participate in gym class. I would tell my my gym teacher okay, if you want me to participate, um, you're going to have to let me take a shower. (laughs) And she didn't want to fail me. So she let me take the shower, but I didn't, I didn't like, I would leave. um, We were allowed to leave for lunch as juniors and seniors. And I would go with my friend and we would get a hamburger Mm -hmm. or um, a a big sub. I mean, and I was so thin, like I was so tight. Yes. Um, it wasn't like I had any like I wasn't exercising for that purpose. It was more I, I like you said maybe uh beating my body up mm-hmm. and it went too far. You know, there was yes. no balance of soft and hard, you know. There 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 just wasn't that harmony. So mm-hmm. um but then there, then there's also, there was a time that I would just cry when I would be in a conversation with people, mm. like if I had conflict. So that's another whole thing. Like the, there could be crying when you're feeling, but then there could be also crying when you're being overstimulated with that conflict. Yes. So, so what is that? Is that like a different part of your brain? It is. It
3: can be. It can. Well, the crying. I'm not so sure to be honest. Um, okay. But it, if if crying, if tears come up and crying happens, it means there's a reason for it. So mm-hmm. when you mention the word conflict, that makes me think a little bit further about trauma. Right. We have mm-hmm. different types of trauma. We have PTSD, and that's like you're in a car accident. Um, and I know you've been in quite a few of those too. Yes. Um, <laughs> but there's that. So it's like a single incident, but there's something that a lot of people don't necessarily know about, and it's called complex PTSD. And that occurs as a long-term exposure from your young, in your young life to sort of traumatic stress, right? Um, It's relational. It's very much relational. It's like what was going on in your family of origin when you were a baby, when you were a little kid, you know? And when you mention the word conflict, and that tears would come with conflict, that kind of makes, I prick up a little bit back here and I say, okay, so she may have some of this relational stuff that goes on. And so you're almost afraid when there's a disagreement because maybe in your childhood, in your younger life, you didn't see healthy conflict resolution. You didn't see the adults in your life maybe able to regulate themselves, to calm down, to have conversations that were productive, to be reflective. And again, this is not about blaming parents, right? No, no of course your parent. I met your parents, they're lovely. Yeah. Um, But, you know, so it's not about that, but it's about all people are busy. All mm-hmm. people come with their own experiences. And so, you know, if a parent isn't able to help a child learn to regulate their emotions mm-hmm. and learn how to navigate conflict and so forth, then we enter the adulthood and we're terrified of a lot of these things because we think the primal brain, the lizard brain, we call it, thinks that every conflict means somebody's mm-hmm. going to yell at you somebody's going to disown you some wh- whatever the story was whatever the theme was
1: mm-hmm. right yeah so i think no. that's probably what was happening for you yeah, and now I'm so the opposite. I'm like, no, we're going to keep talking about it. Yes, we have resolution. Yes. We can be disappointed, but still love one
3: another. Correct. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: it's so, so funny how mm-hmm. you know that happens, though. Like it, it's not. It's not in an in instant. Don't. I mean, I don't want sure. our listeners to think that this happens in an instant. And it, it could be years that this takes. You know, mm-hmm. um, but you have to, yeah. and you have to be willing to do it.
3: Yeah. So for example, for me, um, because I don't want to ask you about you, but for me, you know, growing up kind of afraid on a regular Mm. basis, you know, feeling kind of afraid and uncertain and nervous and, you know, really afraid that there's no way around mm-hmm. it. It has a lot of ramifications on cognitive, emotional and physical development that can persist. And they did persist into my adulthood, right? Until I finally found a supportive therapist that really helped me to heal and to work through a lot of these things. So that's what I think may have been going on for you a little bit. It's the conflict, then you just start crying because yeah. you don't have all the skills and the, your your cognitive you know, the way your brain fires isn't going in the way that,
1: you know, you would want a healthy brain to do. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I I did not have that experience. I had a very mm-hmm. safe um, childhood. And I, I do feel that, though, when I was a teenager, when I was a sophomore in high school, mm-hmm. we moved. Mm-hmm. And that was a trauma for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, it wound up being a benefit because I had two sets of friends, you know, two groups of friends, but yes. it was a huge trauma for me. And then, yes. uh, you know, I did have those three car accidents that I actually went through the windshield, oh. huge trauma. I, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it that still affects me in my neck, you know, mm-hmm. so I think that trauma can be ev- anything. It doesn't it necessarily have to look like one way.
3: You're absolutely correct. And it can be very perceived. Right. So I've worked with people that it wasn't a real actual incident, but Mm. they were not sure what was happening on the other side of the door and they were wrong. But it doesn't matter. They, mm-hmm. they didn't get the corrective experience of the parental figures coming out and saying, oh, no, honey, that was the TV. Oh, my gosh, everybody's fine. They didn't get that. They got the parent annoyed that they were that close to the door. And why were you listening? Right. So it it kind of makes us have these primal beliefs or these these ways to go about solving problems that are just not effective. And then yeah, we can learn sure. to undo it, though, as we get older, right, which obviously you have and and I have as well.
1: Okay, well, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back.
4: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Welcome back to Ignited Goddess with Christine Doraki. Have a question for Christine or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Christine Duraki,
1: and we have Dr. Ellen Whalen. Welcome back. Yes. So could you tell us what you feel like your mission is um, (laughs) with your work, your purpose, um, and a little bit maybe what what direction you're headed? Sure, sure. Um, So that's a big question. I have a
3: lot of missions (laughs) in this life. (laughs) Um, I mean, really for me, I want to help people Mm -hmm. learn. How the way they were raised, the messages they got in their home, but also in the world, right, may have impacted their ability in life to have relationships, healthy relationships, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I am a feminist, but I also, as a social justice psychologist, am very passionate about men, too, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we... So for me, it's it's important to look at what happens to young girls, the messages they get in life, mm-hmm. right? About how to look, how to act. You know, young girls are sort of, you know, taught to be helpful and caring, and be a good girl, be sh- be quiet, mm-hmm. um, and so they're taught help mommy in the kitchen clean up with mommy, right? And boys are taught, like, go get them, Sparky. Like, get the football, get the touchdown, get the job, get the girl. Like, so then you look at what happens when later in life we all try to come together, you Mm -hmm. know, and Disney has made it seem like it's going to be happily ever after. Um, It's not, right? So I work with a lot of couples and it's, it's heartbreaking to see how they just kind of can't seem to connect and women expect men to be as relational as they are. But Mm -hmm. men are almost taught to not be relational, right? Little boys get the message to not be emotional. There's Mm -hmm. research showing that mothers even treat their sons differently. Um, Moms have a hard time seeing their son be too emotionally vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. So the mom will send a message in one way or another um, whether it's ignoring the the sadness or whatever's going on, or encouraging them to be strong, be tough. Um, so yeah, so boys boys kind of are, are, are have the trauma of their mother even the the maternal figure, their father, whoever, not really comforting them or allowing them to express this full range of feminine feelings, emotions. And and I understand because the mom and the dad are afraid the child will be bullied, right? They want them to meet up to societal standards, but that's very damaging to young boys. And then one day, boom, they're your husband, right? (laughs) So it's really important to sort of look at what's happened to both people, And then sort of unpack that and start to build upon new skills. The woman can have more empathy for the man that he's not as relational. The man can work at being more relational when he realizes it's a safe place to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd say that, you know, my mission is really to try to help as many people as I can to heal, right? And and healing Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's over forever. You'll still have some difficulties from time to time we all do no relationship is perfect but helping people to sort of accept themselves and have some radical acceptance and and realize that you know there's nothing wrong with them it's sort of like a recipe there's some ingredients if the wrong ingredients go in the recipe doesn't taste the way it's meant to so mm-hmm. a lot of people it's like they're a perfectly beautiful you know, one of the highest expensive computers you can buy, but the software was downloaded the wrong way. Right. So just mm-hmm. people sort of
1: rewire their brains is what, what really drives me. Yeah. I love that. I love the, the whole recipe and the computer um, mm-hmm. analogy. That's so good. Yeah. Um, so what, so you said you work with couples and build mm. connection. Do you have like One super tip that you would give to build that connection. I do. I do. And it's my favorite. And I practice it, too, in my own personal life. that's all the better.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. One of the things I really love, and I learned this at a training many, many, many years ago, is um, marriage, if you think about it, it's kind of like a business. It's kind of like a company. The wife's the VP. He's the VP. You're both the president, right? Whatever. You're the highest ranking people. And think about that. You know, you have what? Are, what do successful companies do? They have meetings. They say mm-hmm. what worked, what didn't work. They say, yeah, let's do more of this. Oh, this plan was not good. Let's try <laughs> not to do that again. But what they don't do if they're in a healthy company, in a long-term company, is they don't just blame each other. They don't mm-hmm. make each other the problem right? So one of the first things I try to do with my couples is have them set up a mission statement for their marriage, right? What do we value? What do we stand for? What do we want to do with it, you know this partnership? And then they come back and then we start with weekly meetings. They have a weekly meeting. They say, this is what made me feel really good about you this week in our relationship. This is something that I really could use a little bit more of next week. Right. And then you can ask all kinds of more questions, too. And then if there's an issue, you save it for the meeting. Mm. And guess what? You talk it through respectfully, just like you would your own boss, right? You wouldn't just pop off and start calling them names and be angry or throw something. You'd say, oh, I'd like to have a meeting to talk about something that's been on my mind. Then by the time you have the meeting with your boss, you have your notes and you speak about things in the right operating system of your brain, you're more in your cerebral cortex, you know? People are often really angry or frustrated. You're in your primal brain and you're not logical. So couples often I have them also writing down like things that bother them throughout the week. Mm -hmm. And then when they get to the meeting, people tell me all the time. And so I crossed off like six things and I only really had one more issue that really I thought was important. And that helps them to realize that sometimes we're just in a hurry. We're stressed. Mm -hmm. We didn't sleep well. So the issue isn't really the issue. It's really us, right? (laughs) Take that accountability. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But the weekly meeting is so good. It, It really is because you can also take time for families, like if you have children, like, hey, these are the domestic responsibilities for the week. Oh, I have a meeting this night. I'll be out late. Could you cook dinner that night? It's a time to really plan so
1: that you have a successful week ahead. Yeah. I love that so much. That's like a, really a super tip.
3: It's like the best <laughs> Write thing that ever. super
1: tip down, everybody.
3: <laughs> it's so simple. And the couples that do it, mm-hmm. I can see quickly, quickly they start to improve and they start to be able to work through conflict so much better. Mm-hmm. I
0: That's mean, wonderful. nobody
3: likes conflict.
0: Yeah, it's nobody true. likes
3: it. <laughs> but, but there's an intrinsic value in healthy conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and actually, too, when we talk about trauma, lots of times people with trauma, they have a dysregulated nervous system. So when you can have healthy conflict, you can have a healthy meeting with your partner where you both know this is a respectful space. We're staying calm and peaceful and mm-hmm. we can take breaks. It starts to rewire and retrain the brain not to be so conflict-averse,
1: yeah. I actually have found that if I can work through the conflict with somebody our relationship has become deeper. Yeah. Um you know there's there's so much goodness that can come out of conflict mm. if you do it in a respectful way and yes. that tip is I mean like so super. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Well, it's it's always so interesting because, you know, we'll say, oh, what's the most important thing? And it's like, oh, my husband or oh, my wife and family. But it's like, but you're always at work. And, you know, what are we really putting into this relationship? Like if that is true and it is true, mm-hmm. let's do it. Let's really put that time on the calendar to talk about how's it going and what do we need a little bit more of? Not um, you didn't give me enough affection this week because you don't care about me. And I'm, you know, it's, I need a little more affection next week. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's easy, you know, like yeah. now, you know, okay, yes. this is what I need. Yes. And it's Very easy to complete that task once yes. you know.
3: <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's also interesting because sometimes people will come back and, uh, you know, they'll say, oh, I'll say, how was the mission statement? Oh, we, we didn't get to it. So then Mm -hmm. we look at like, okay, so look at this is the way you guys work together. This is how problems get solved. There'll always be another problem. Mm -hmm. But the way we go about the process we as a team go about to solve it is Mm -hmm. so important. And when people start to look at that, and have that accountability in their therapist, help them to move forward. They, they really start to get better at working through things on their own and taking the relationship more seriously. Again, I love Disney. Walt Disney did a lot of good, but <laughs> there's a lot of people that really think, wait a minute, I woke her up with a kiss and it should be
1: happily ever after. But right. you know, Things take time, right? Yeah. I mean, and The hard conversations have to be had because Mm -hmm. it's if you don't have them, I don't know, it's fake. It's Mm -hmm. uh and then all the problems happen. Right, yeah. This is not going to solve it.
3: No, absolutely not. Nor is a diamond, nor is no. a Mercedes. Right. If we can't work through problems together without attacking or blaming each other, that's mm-hmm. that's an issue. You know, that's yeah. a really big red
1: flag. And, and what are we going to do about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess um, I would really love to know what you think um, – how to how can people process their emotions like is there you gave such a great tip on connection but if somebody's feeling something so much is there something you can recommend them to to start doing to process the emotions so that they can go to that meeting and know how they actually feel Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I think it's really important for people to write things down. Again, mm-hmm. very important for people to understand that the brain has various operating systems in it. And mm-hmm. it's fun to play around and figure out which one you're in. You know, mm-hmm. am I in my primal brain, which is just fight, flight, freeze, fawn, right? It's all... Primal. all the animals have it too. Then we have our cerebral cortex that sort of sits on top of that. And that's all the logic, the reason. Um, so really starting to kind of ask yourself, which operating system am I, am I in, right? Mm-hmm. And the very act of writing, right? Mm-hmm. Narrating what we're thinking and feeling can help pull us out of that primal brain, and help us to start to kind of formulate what's going on for us and give it a safe space to write and to think and to let it out. So that's, I mean, I, I can't underscore enough the importance of writing.
1: Yeah, I do. I, I love journaling. I love doing, you know, a prompt. I mean, just free writing. I do really feel it's very beneficial.
3: Yeah. And you know, anger is a sign that something is wrong, right? Mm -hmm. It's a sign that something's not working or healthy or that something needs to be addressed. So Mm -hmm. anger isn't bad, but the way we express it and what we do with it is really the problem. So I think if somebody feels very triggered, very activated by something their partner said or did, really important to walk away. Just, I'm I'm going to go to the bathroom, whatever. Get away for a minute and calm yourself down. Breathe through it. Get clear on what it was that made you upset. But really, first and foremost, it's just to calm yourself down so that you can kind of get back into your, your cerebral cortex. And then you can kind of decide, wow, was that I'm tired, or was that an old wound? Right. Mm. We all have a, we Everybody has a wound, right? Yeah. So it's important to figure out what yours is because. What's your trigger? That, yeah, that's going to keep showing up. Mm-hmm. So you know, you might also just be being activated by something that's not as big as it it looks in that moment.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
4: Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Behind Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio.
2: Voice America Variety, talk on today's hot topics.
4: Men are currently in a mental health crisis. Suicide, addiction, and loneliness are on the rise. Men need mentorship, community, and guidance. On the Men's Therapy Podcast with Mark Azulay, you'll hear from experts on topics that men care about the most. Financial health, relationships, fitness, emotional management, and lifestyle design. Listen live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
0: Welcome back to Ignited Goddess with Christine Duraki. Have a question for Christine or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to the Ignited Goddess show. I'm Christine Duracki, your host, and we have Ellen, Dr. Ellen Whalen with us. So we all have emotions. And some of us can feel them more. Some of them suppress them. Some of them explode with anger. Um, And when I feel them, and like we were talking, journaling is so helpful. So Mm -hmm. I like to journal, but just sometimes naming them, like what they actually are. Um, Because I think a lot of times, at least I've found in Ayurveda, that sometimes we don't actually know what we're feeling because mm-hmm. we are just going all the time. So that's one thing. And then I also like to ask more questions. Mm-hmm. Like be
3: curious. Be curious, yeah. In therapy, we call that Socratic questions,
1: yeah. Oh, okay. So I didn't know, know that, but um, I think that curiosity is so um, fascinating, almost, because when we ask questions, we can find out answers if yeah. we don't ask those questions, we, we don't know, and then our imagination, like behind that closed door that you were saying as that child, mm-hmm. we can start to like let our mind just go and everywhere mm-hmm. and we we can future trip, we could do anything, really, right? yeah, so I would love to hear what else we could do? Like I, you know, I'm, I'm so intrigued by this, all this. this.
3: <laughs> um, well, you bring up a lot of really good points. I love what you said about naming things like that is so powerful. And, and back to my mission, that's another, you know, part of my mission is I'm huge on psychoeducation. I joke with my patients that, you know, therapy is like the, the college class and then all in between the therapy session is your homework, you know, that's when you're Mm -hmm. practicing things. So, um, but, but back to what you're saying about, you know, ways to deal with this, right? When we have these strong reactions, we have all these strong emotions, we need to process things. It's important to be able to name them, right? Like the amygdala, the amygdala Mm. is like a smoke detector, right? It's wired to determine if you're in danger, And Mm. if yes, if yes, if it really thinks you're in danger, it can temporarily inhibit your neocortex, the upper part of your brain that we were talking about earlier. And this part is responsible for rational and reflective thoughts, right? Mm. So that's why sometimes when we get triggered, we can't think clearly. We're just so overwhelmed and so upset. But sometimes our cerebral, that part of our brain that's really thinking and logical is shut down. So we can't really figure out exactly what's going on with us. We can't articulate it properly either. Uh, and unfortunately people with you know trauma, especially the complex trauma, like we talked about earlier, they are really prone to the amygdala being like a hair trigger, lots mm. of false alarms. So you can have a partner that's really reactive to things before they understand even what, the issue is, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: talking about things that we can do about it while well, naming it for one. So literally saying to yourself, oh boy, that's my amygdala. My amygdala is <laughs> firing, right? That kind of takes some of the mystery out of it. Then you're in charge, right? As opposed to your brain being in charge. Like mm-hmm. I always say the brain is like this beautiful wild horse, but you have to train it. Mm -hmm. I tell my brain now what to think about. My brain doesn't tell me anymore, but my brain used to run the show, right? Mm -hmm. So really helping people to learn about that is important too. The vagus nerve is like um, a radio communication system, right? It's helping to stay in touch with all of our sensations and our emotions, and it's a big area that we want to know about. And mm-hmm. we want to stimulate it, especially when we're we're feeling some of those reactions and things. Something like humming
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: really helps regulate the nervous system, right? Conscious breathing. I love it, right? I learned from a woman a long time ago. She wrote a book called The Three-Minute Meditator. Um, Nina Williams, her name is. And she trained me on this. You don't need to do breathing for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. One to three minutes, the brain, the activity in the amygdala with one to three minutes of conscious diaphragmatic breathing, you'll see the amygdala activity dissipate, calm down. So I always tell people, breathe. That's why I said, get up and go to the bathroom and just sit down. And I like to tell people, hot chocolate belly breaths. Breathe in through your nose like you're smelling it. It's amazing. And then out like you have to cool it with your, your mouth. So you don't burn your oh, tongue. yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Another great tip for when we get triggered is the um, diving reflex. So this is when you go into the bathroom and you take ice cold water, or you can even put ice in a bucket or mm-hmm. a bowl and splash that on your face, around your hairline, all of that. And it sort of immediately snaps you back into you're here, you're now, it's okay. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Those are all so wonderful. Yeah. Everybody wrote those down. <laughs> if not, come back and listen. So um, our show's coming to an end. Can you tell our listeners how to find you? Oh, um, yes. I'm currently not taking any new patients, um,
3: but I can certainly provide or maybe you can post my email and maybe my social media so that people could find me and, and get in contact with me.
1: Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And you can find me at ignitedgoddess.com. I am on Instagram, ignitedgoddess, and Facebook, and on LinkedIn, Christine Taraki. I do have an eight-week Radiant Health course going on in February, starting again in February. It's eight-week small groups. You can find out more and just reach out on any one of those platforms. Until next week. Breathe some love in. Yeah, I had a quote that we could end on if there's time for it.
3: Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. It's not by me, but it's by a trauma expert, Elizabeth Kubler Ross. The most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. These persons have an appreciation, a sensitivity, And an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep loving concern. Beautiful people do not just happen.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. You're a beautiful people. And so are you. (laughs) So are you. you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, lots of love, lots of love. So breathe some love in and breathe some love out. And breathe it in, and let it go in your mind, your body, and your soul. I'm Christine Iraqi. Thank you, Dr. Ellen Whalen. It's been thank a pleasure. So, yeah, thank you, thank you so much, much it's been listening. Such, yeah, it's
3: been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank
1: you for listening.
0: Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Ignited Goddess. We hope you've learned a lot. Join us next week for another informative and empowering episode.